Welcome to the Agents of Game podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood Dave. I'm Matt. I'm Daniel. Yay! Kind of sounded like he forgot his own name for a second there. I wasn't even going to say it, actually, just to see. Oh, okay. <laughs> people would know who I was. <laughs> Make people guess. You could always go like, and I'm me. <laughs> um, in terms of general news for this week, uh, we have some slightly official news to announce, so we're going to be talking more about it as uh, we're able to. Um, but a spin-off podcast, Digital Dumpster Diving, will be going live soon. Uh, if For those of you who remember Matt Peters, Agent 13 of MightyInc.net, uh, he and I will be doing a, a spin-off podcast, and we'll have more t- details about that. Yay! Awesome! Yay. Now, when you guys dump dumpster dive though do you guys eat what you find or do you just or do you just talk about it like you know smell it the smells you know it would be wasteful if we didn't properly go through everything so we smell it we kind of lick it a little bit and then we just go full in and eat it it's delicious yeah i can't believe nobody ever thought of that before it's insane I'm not going to touch that one. (laughs) (laughs) So my gaming schedule has been kicking the pants. I've got a new job, which has been kicking my butt. Uh, The original plan was I was supposed to be working 10 hours a week at somewhere between $10 and $15 an hour. And instead, I'm working 25 hours a week at $5 an hour. It's been great. Uh, so I haven't been playing nearly as much as I would like to lately. Um, but I did get through my first playthrough of Dear Esther, uh, which we've mentioned a little bit before. The game is its a beautiful-looking game. It looks amazing. Um, music is fantastic. The story is engaging. Um, I'm hoping to get through a second playthrough of it because the story is different every time you go through it. Um, so I'm kind of cool. looking forward to some of that. But uh, it's good times. Is there, is there a lot of expiration to do on that so you get the different, um, like, completion paths? Or, um, like, how do they um, how do they make make the gameplay replayable, I guess? Well, basically, you uh, they plop you on an island, um, which is... I, I'm not sure if it's a real island or not, but it's supposed to be in Scotland. Um, and you're exploring this island, and there definitely are different paths you can take. Um, now, when I went through the first time, there are a couple paths that I didn't take just because I could, you know, I had a choice to go. I could go either this way or that way. And I assumed um, that I was going the way where I'd have to end up coming back and turning around and going the other way. Um, there were a couple times where I went, I, there was a path that I just didn't take. Um, I got the achievement for discovering all the narration nodes, though. So basically, as you're walking, narration pops up at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, so although there were some paths I didn't take, I still did get all the narration points the first time. Um, but yeah, basically, you can explore, go different you know, different areas. It's not... It's not perfectly linear, but there usually are, you know, there's usually a way they want you to go, and sometimes there's a fork in the road, and you could go a couple different ways. But, uh, but yeah, gotcha. it was, uh, it was definitely different than a lot of games I've ever played. I'll say that, but I enjoyed it. <clears throat> That's cool. 
That's on my list. Um, and aside from that, Slayer Shock was released on PC. Uh, some of you may have seen our review of Neon Struct. Um, it's from uh, Minor Key Games. Uh, they've developed for Gearbox and a lot of other big studios, um, but they went independent. Um, Slayer Shock, for those of you Nebraska people, it's set in Nebraska. Um, the people in Minor Key Games studied at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln back in the day. And so you might recognize a couple areas of the game. Uh, but basically it's like, you know, what if Buffy the Vampire Slayer lived in Nebraska and was you and you're going around killing vampires and stuff with super soakers? Yeah. Can I not be Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I didn't care for the series very much. You could be How? Matt the Vampire Slayer. Okay. What was it that you didn't like about, about Buffy out of curiosity? Um, pretty much everything. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I liked the movie because it was kind of campy and cheesy. Uh-huh. And I liked the first couple episodes of the series. But then when it started veering off into vampires and demons and something else and the witches. And I'm like, what is all this? I just want to see Sarah Michelle Geller kill some freaking vampires not make out with them <laughs> well, you know the f- yeah for me the first season was a little bit rough but the, by the time i got into the second season i was watching it with uh, marcy at the time she introduced me to it um the second season is where i really got hooked and the writing got to be really really good for the most part um season six was kind of weird but uh anyway yeah, i thoroughly enjoyed it but in slayer shock <laughs> it's out on pc um for those who are interested, uh, I want to say it's about $19-ish, and I will be trying it out, so if you're curious and want to see what it's like, um, as soon as I get some time, I'll be streaming it. So. Play your shock. That'll be sweet. Um, and the last thing that I have is next week uh, on Tuesday, uh, the GTA Motorcycle Club DLC will be coming out, so you can actually have your own motorcycle clubs. Um, they haven't given all the details, but you could basically buy a clubhouse, um, be roaming in groups of up to eight people in motorcycles. There's supposed to be some co-op and competitive missions. My guess is it's probably going to be a lot like the CEO and VIP missions. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's more substantial than that. Um, but either Special way, mechanic. it's... Yeah, there will be a special mechanic um, and other illicit business opportunities. Uh, That'll be coming out next week, and I'm sure you'll hear more about that from us. Yes. And that is all I have for games for right now. Um, Next week, uh, also Mafia 3 launches, which that game just looks phenomenal. If uh, I don't know if you guys have played any of the Mafia games, but... uh, they uh they do a really good job like creating and building the world. Um the problem with Mafia 2 was they didn't really have a whole lot to do inside that world other than the linear missions that they set up. Um it looks like for Mafia 3 they're kind of trying to branch out do like do a GTA style where they have a lot of side missions and stuff. But um that's pretty it should be a pretty sweet game. Yeah, oh and holy crap, did you guys see the freaking uh, Battlefield 1 trailer? Story trailer? Oh, that looked amazing. My goodness, yeah. And I love their idea. So what they're doing for the campaign is instead of having one continuous story arc with characters, they're doing multiple short stories with different characters. 
And I think that's a really good idea with a shooter because sometimes shooters can kind of, um, their story can be really, uh, I can't think of the right word, but there can be too much to it being that it's a shooter and there's only so much they can do. So, so it can go too long, you know, like where they're just trying to make it that long kind of thing. I can't think of the right word of what I'm trying to say, but, but anyway, um, with, in, with this idea, you know, the bounce from the different stories with the different characters, like short story style, it should make it so that's way more interesting throughout the campaign. So I'm actually pretty pumped for that. Well, and it makes sense given that the uh, <clears throat> Harlem Hellfighters are you know, basically a, a pre-order bonus. And so, that I mean, given that, I mean, how would they, how would that work? Well, it, it would make sense because they're all doing the short stories of them. Um, yeah, that, that and just it looked so good. It looked like a movie trailer, both in terms of the visual, uh, the cinematography, the camera angles, the, the character models, the voice acting. It was, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. Yep, it should be a great game. <laughs> I... Yep, the only thing that I think would kill it is if if the game came out and um, it looked great and stuff, but then they're just the gameplay, the mission design and stuff just sucked. I could see that being the, uh, at this point that being the only thing that <clears> could <throat> kill the campaign. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the good thing is we already know the multiplayer for Battlefield is really good. So yes, yes. Um, and Battlefront did well. If it flopped in regards to. Um, how people received it, but as far as sales, it did really well. Yeah, well, I, that's the problem they had with that was they rushed it out to get it out in they time did. for the movie. And uh... yep, and they only have what four years now left on their contract with Disney, unless I'm I'm almost guessing they're going to renew with them. But but they need they need to get those they you know they wanted to take advantage of that license. So I think we've talked about that before, but. Yeah. So we'll be we'll definitely be talking about Battlefield in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, Forza came out Friday for Ultimate Edition members, so uh a few friends and I have been playing it for a week almost now. But um man, it is just really good. Such a good experience. Like everything just runs so smooth in that game. Um but it's just really fun. We uh one of the things I've loved about Horizon, the Horizon series, is uh, it's not like motorsports or a lot of other racing games where it's a very um, realistic simulation experience. They purposefully pull back the reins and make it more fun and arcadey. But with the with the excellent physics of the motorsport side of Forza. And so you can just have a lot of fun with it. And and in the first Forza, they had these game modes that they had like King and um, Tag and uh, or not King or not Tag, but um, it. And then um, there's another one that they added this year, uh, Flag Scramble, Scramble or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. But um, we were playing that just just four or five of us the other day, and it was just so fun. <laughs> it's just a fun game to play with friends. But um. And then you, because you can do the tuning and stuff, you want to start building your cars around the game types. So we want like small cars that have super zippy get up and go. And um, and then like they had, they used to have soccer, and I wish they still had that. But 
on that one, you wanted to build like cars that were like huge and bulky that could push around cars, <laughs> and then have the zippy cars to get in there and get the ball out of the way and stuff. And so it's just it's fun. But then you have the races, and you you have control in Horizon Three. Um, in the co-op experience, you're running the festival, so you have control of everything, and that carries over into the multiplayer experience. So if we have four friends on, we're doing co-op and building up our stuff. And then if you get more than, you can have up to 12 when you're in the multiplayer experience. And what they do different from the co-op to the multiplayer experience is instead of having the the host map be all that's unlocked for co-op, in multiplayer they unlock everything. But the host can select the event and then customize it any way they want. And so there's actually an achievement for setting up 10 events in a row that go over 100 miles of road um, for those 10 events. and um, and then there's another achievement where you have to set and launch a championship from every race route, which means you're running a championship from every route in the game and stuff like that. But anyway, so there's plenty of stuff to do. And it's all customizable, and you can change it up so you're not doing the same thing over and over, or the same type of racing. And, um, man, I just can't explain enough how much how good it feels to drive in that game, but I highly recommend Horizon 3. It is really fun. And if you have a group of friends to play it with, it'll just be that much better. Yes. But yeah, so, yeah. Get Horizon 3. It is amazing. So, Matt, what have you been playing lately? I am still sticking to uh, Fantasy War Tactics. On that front, they brought back probably the most broken character that's ever been released. He's an orc, and his name is Kroot. So if you want to get him, you've got a month, pretty much, to farm him up. If you're playing the game, you want to get this guy. He is easily one of the top ten characters you're ever going to have. So uh, that's a good reason to log in and play if you're, if you're doing it. If you like strategy games, he will carry you for a long, long, long time. <laughs> Um, let's see, what else? Hearthstone recently announced a whole bunch of nerfs to several cards, and this is significant because usually, uh, they only nerf, like, one or two cards at a time, and then the last round of nerfs that they did, they did a whole bunch like this, but they did it as they were transitioning from the standard format to the wild format. So this was not quite a year ago now. Um, I I think it was back in April when they did that transition. So, uh, And the original plan, I think, was for them to nerf the cards every year, take a look at what was leaving standard and going into wild and what was still there and make adjustments. But... Uh, in particular, one card is called Yog saron Hope's End, mm-hmm. and it's been all over the championships, uh, which are on the Hearthstone YouTube channel. It's it's pretty interesting to watch if you like the game at all, if you have any interest in it. Um, I don't actually play the game anymore, but I still watch <laughs> the championships. Um, and what he does is he casts a random spell for every spell that you've cast during the game. And so there are some decks that uh, are able to pack in a lot of spells 
and use those to buff up their minions or to deal with the the damage and stuff like that so they can still keep up with other classes other decks but they have all these spells and then they slam down their yogg-saron and he will basically just start throwing spells all over and usually what happens is he will completely clear the board and he will draw you some cards he has ended up killing me personally i've played with him a little <laughs> bit sometimes he will kill you <laughs> uh. but um what they're doing but anyway when you play him he's a he's a big board uh big board clear and it swings the tempo uh usually from your opponent to you and so the way that i've the best way i've seen it explained is when you play him, you're probably behind your opponent anyway. So with him, you've got, you know, a chance to either flip that around and take the lead or stay behind. So if you play him, you basically have a 50-50 shot of getting a better situation than you are now. And apparently Blizzard thinks that's too strong. So they're nerfing him to stop casting spells when he kills himself. Which happens quite a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he will. Clear, he loves to target himself with his own spells. He only has five health, so he dies to pretty much a stiff breeze. <laughs> but um, before it wasn't a problem because he'd kill himself on the third or second spell, and then you'd still get all of your other spells cast. Well, this time if he does that, then basically you just wasted ten mana. So he's he's not going to be competitive anymore. But um, he's one of the big ones, and there's a whole bunch of other little ones that they're nerfing. They're trying to bring the shaman class back in line. Um, but yeah, so if you play Hearthstone, if you have any interest in that, I'm sure you've probably seen him already. Um, overall, I'm more interested in like the card nerfs than when they try and buff a card mm -hmm. and a lot of people always complain about it they're like oh well buff these cards that nobody sees that nobody plays well what they don't understand is that by nerfing the power level of the the really strong cards one they prevent power creep so that you don't end up with you know well this card is really strong so we need a stronger card to counter it. and eventually year ending up buffing every card and then it's just out of control you got spells oh draw this spell and win the game by dealing 30 damage to your opponent's face so it prevents power creep and then the other reason is when they nerf the cards that gives those other weaker cards a bit more of a chance to shine now of course there's going to mm -hmm. be cards that are never going to shine <laughs> um but I think that's beside the point. At some point, you do have to just realize, you know, there are just going to be bad cards. It's impossible with that number of cards and that number of situations to actually make every single card useful. I, I just don't think it's humanly possible, so. Yeah. But um, other than that, I have not been playing anything. I'm still kind of waiting for Final Fantasy XV. You guys are probably going to laugh at me if it's already released because I don't know what the release date is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the next game that I'm going to buy. Um, usually I do free-to-play, mostly because it's hard to find game money when you have, you know, kids to feed. 
Yes. Yeah, that's November 29th. That's, that's November that 29th. Oh, okay. Coming out. Okay. And I'm still looking forward to the no, uh, the November release of the classic Nintendo Mini thing. That I am definitely dropping $60, $70 on that. No questions asked. I will buy that. Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's about it for me. I've been playing Ark with Dave. My son more than anything. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's about we, it. We, we finally have a... a well, we're, we're working on getting a safe area for our dinos so they don't keep getting killed every time something walks by. Yes. We have to clear out uh, the little river inlet, I think. But other than that, it should be pretty safe. <laughs> There's a lot of sharks in there right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And stingrays or manta rays. Yes, and... quite a few mantas. Yeah. Mantas attack you? Oh, yeah. They're extremely oh, they? aggressive. Okay. Yep. Um, there's some ichthyosaurus, but those aren't. They're like dolphins, I think. Is that pretty yes. similar? I mean, they're not really dolphins. They they look a lot like dolphins, but in reality, yeah. they're unrelated. Yeah, I think... They're a fish still, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so they're obviously not dolphins then, but but that's beside the point. Oh, yeah. but uh, we, we talked about the ARC update for the center map for PC. Well, it just came out for Xbox, so anyone who plays ARC on Xbox, um, the new update for the center map is live. It add, I want to say they added 50% more playable area to the center, which was already pretty big, and a lot of lot of cool features they added in. So uh, Which map was this? was the center is that the og one uh no the o the original one was the island uh the center was the second one. Oh, that's right okay <clears throat> and so yeah it's huge it's got the redwood forests now at um the end of the world they completely redesigned that it's a lot more habitable they have a bunch of new caves cliff dwellings all of which i haven't seen because our pteranodons keep dying <laughs> <laughs> oh poor pteranodons yes yeah, I've lost many a Pteranodon. Many a Pteranodon. Yeah, it was especially painful on the original server. Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. <laughs> I don't know who Oliver was. What's the story? Or is it boring? Uh, He, he just occasionally would lose Pteranodons for us, and then sometimes when Pteranodons would die that weren't his fault, we'd still blame it on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, that, the thing was, you would... He would come in and kill something, and then he'd leave, and then he wouldn't replace it, and so that's why he got that reputation. <laughs> yes, nice. and this was on the original like server. It wasn't yeah, on our own servers. It was on the original legit server. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Good time. Yeah, I can. Uh... Luke Cage drops tonight. You guys were saying that earlier, right? Yep. Yes. I plan on watching that. I never got around to watching Jessica Jones. It's in my Netflix list. I still have not watched it. I watched the first episode of Daredevil Season 2, and I haven't watched it since. But I want to watch Luke Cage. And you probably still haven't watched Stranger Things. Possibly. <laughs> You're going to keep hearing that until you do. Boom. <laughs> um, I actually... Uh, so this is TV season, for people that don't know. Um... 
So a lot of new shows in the are starting, and then the shows are coming back. And one of the shows that I started that um, actually there's two, and that I just really liked. Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. So Jack Bauer is now the president of the United States because a bomb blew up all the other people. <laughs> he failed. And uh, but um. But it was actually really good and intriguing, and I'm really interested to see the that you can see that they're setting up a conspiracy. So I'm really interested to see that. But um, and then there's the power dynamic of having the least important person in the government become the president. And how people don't respect that, and they don't respect the process. So it's kind of I think it'll be interesting to see, um, see how that plays out. Um, if they if they do it right, I just hope they don't. You know fall into traps and stuff. I would but, uh, think that the people would be more surprised that something like that happened at all. I mean, <laughs> how many different safeguards are there to keep things like that from happening? Yeah, that's why he is the that that so like it's the um the, excuse me, the story is it's the state of the union. So that's the only time everybody's together at the same place. And, yes, you're right. Um, um, so they have a designated survivor that if something happens, this person takes over for continuity of government. And he was like, uh, the, gotcha. he's like the real estate dude or something like that. I can't remember what he is for sure. But something where it's like low. And he was even, um, the he was even, uh, they're going to fire him at the day after the state of the union is what they're going to do too. So he's even has that going against him, but, um, nice. rub a little salt in the wound there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it was really, it was just really cool. The way they set up, like, even though you knew because of the advertisements of what was going to happen, it was a really intense moment when it happened. So I, I like that they were able to pull that out of you, even though you knew it was coming. Well, did either of you ever see the movie Eagle Eye? It's actually one of the few Shia LaBeouf, movies yeah. that I can stand to watch. And I think that was the premise of that movie. So, it'll be interesting. I, uh, I love Kiefer Sutherland. He's always been really good to me. I didn't really get into his last show that was on TV after his first one after 24. Um, but uh, but I've always liked liked him. So, see, hopefully it's good. Um, it got good ratings from my understanding. So, we'll see if it picks up. The other really good one um, is... And I was really surprised by how much I liked it. And I don't know how it how it got reviewed or anything, so I have no clue what the rest of the world thinks about it. But um The Exorcist. And the the sad thing is it is a Friday night show, which a lot of times that means, you know, dead in the water and so it's just kind of their show to get to appease advertisers kind of thing. But um but it was really good and really creepy and really dark and it did not hold back, and I loved it. <laughs> it was really good. So, and it set up the mystery perfectly. The characters, like it was really well done. So, I highly, highly suggest going to check out The Exorcist on Fox. Um, it's on every Friday. It's on on Fridays, but um, it was just really good. Man, the quality of it. I was just really blown away. So, if you like that kind of thing, it obviously it's going to be scary and not for kids and really like they seriously show uh like a 10 year old boy snap his neck 
snap his own neck when he's possessed. I mean, that's how Ugh. that's how that's how dark it is. Like, wow, it's not, it's not for the faint. Yeah, it's not for the faint of uh, art or whatever you want to call it. So, um, so definitely keep that in mind if you have kids in the house because it is not uh, holding back on that regard. But uh, but if you like that kind of creepy uh, exorcist type stuff, man, it's very well- good. I have been looking for a Friday night family night show to watch with the kids. So, yeah. uh it has lots of teachable moments about why not to talk to Satan. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So I I have a question now. I've been trying to catch up on a lot of the shows from last year um, that I either that I might have missed a few episodes, um, and I haven't completely caught up on Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. One question for you. Two words, Ghost Rider. Awesome, and the special effects blew me away. Yeah, I the second episode just aired this week, and I watched it, and I'm still like amazed at how good they made him look. Like, uh, they their CGI has been uh, has been really good and really bad sometimes in that show, and they just nailed it with him. Like. I still was like looking at him this week, like when he when he transformed and when he was Ghost Rider and stuff. And I was just like, dude, it seriously looks like they did, um, like a practical effect instead of CGI, but it is CGI. It just is that good. I was really blown away. So would you say it's better than the effects in the first Ghost Rider movie or worse? Oh, way better. Yeah, that's the thing. Wow. Yeah, it's even better than the movies were. Yeah. Well, the second movie that was just awful but yeah. the the first movie had pretty good graphics i thought but it was still yeah it was still better than the movies i thought yeah i was really really surprised with how good it looked um but the story's been pretty cool too uh because if you've been watching agents of game um the story arc that they decided to go with was the inhumans you mean Agents of Shield? Agents of or Game Agents is of awesome Sh- to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah. Agents of Game is awesome. Uh, no, yeah, Agents of Shield. Um, yeah, uh, so they're doing the Inhuman route, and so it's kind of funny because they're treating him as though he's an Inhuman. Like every everybody in the show is like, um, you know, thinks he's an Inhuman, and he's like, no, I'm something more. So it will be cool to see where that goes. From. Of course, we know like what's going on there, but. Um, that's one of the things I'm really interested in with, uh, um, with Doctor Strange coming into the MCU. Uh, one of the things I read a long time ago is they wanted to bring it in to bring uh, magic into it, you know, uh-huh. into everything. And so I'm really curious if they're going to have magic become a bigger part of every, like the Netflix series, their Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all that um, as well. So. Yeah, I've been trying to get caught up. Like I said, I've been trying to get caught up on a lot of the Netflix shows. Well, not Netflix. Yes, on Netflix. But um, Supergirl Season 1, just because of how badly CBS botched that, I uh, didn't get to watch the whole season. So I'm trying to catch up on that on Netflix. Um, There were, I want to say, maybe three episodes of The Flash and Arrow that I missed. So I'm trying to catch up on those before the new season start. And those are both going to be, uh, well, Supergirl's already out on Netflix, but Flash and Arrow are coming in a week, I think. I want to say either in October 4th and 5th or 5th and 6th. Um, 
they're on the Agents of Game website. We have them posted. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to try to get ca- caught up on those. Um, aside from that, yeah, it's just Luke Cage. Holy crap, Luke Cage. <laughs> I'm debating on just uh, going to bed early tonight and waking up. Two hours up, from now? Yeah, waking up in a few hours just start it because i usually binge like all the marvel shows i binge that day i start watching them in the morning and watch them until i'm done yep good time to love marvel yeah all right well we'll have to see as you all know i am kind of a snooty tv watcher so that's we'll see okay if this one impresses me um i just want to say magnificent seven wonderful was it good i haven't had a chance to see it yeah, it it was really good. I I love westerns. Um, growing up um, at family reunions and stuff, uh, my family uh, was really into the Rifleman because in the Rifleman his name was John McCain. And, ah, nice. Um, I think it was John McCain, right? But it, oh no, Lucas McCain. Is that right, Lucas McCain? Man, now I can't remember. But it was McCain. So it was, uh, so that's who the Rifleman was, and so at family reunions they always have the Rifleman TV show on or other yeah, it was Western. Lucas McCain. Lucas McCain, okay, and he had that lever action, but um, uh, and so I grew up just watching westerns at any family events, you know, and stuff, and um, and so I've always had a, a soft spot for westerns, and they just kind of died out, you know, like we get good westerns here and there, um, throughout the years, but. But uh, man, but it, Magnific- it did dominate uh, radio and TV and movies for probably about seventy years, and now, it's, like you said, which it, is probably kind of why it died out. Exactly, it got oversaturated. Yep, yeah, and so I feel like now's the time. Let's bring it back because Magnificent Seven was just so freaking good. But um, Denzel Washington was really good too. Um, I've missed him because I feel like he's kind of been away for a while. And then I saw a trailer today where he's actually directing a movie, and my cousin was saying that he's actually directed another movie too. I did not know that, so that's cool. But um, uh, but yes, I just I can't say enough about him. Magnificent Seven is just really good. Um, the action scenes were good. They they have they have a couple like you know those corny moments, like hero moments, but overall though, um, it was really. Really well done. So Chris Pratt is my man crush. Uh-huh. And yep. how does he do in the movie? He does really good. And the thing I liked about Chris Pratt is he is a very charismatic just personality altogether. You know, like that's mm-hmm. part of his charm. And the thing I liked about the movie, or, or his character in the movie, is he has that charisma, but you see a darkness there that he that he has on underneath the surface and i and i like the first time i saw it i was like dude that is really good acting because it's so different from like his normal characters there that they use a lot you know because he has that charisma but then he has a darkness there that that is is awesome like like i was scared of him honestly like i was like if i saw that guy in real life looking at me like that like how he looked right there like i would be afraid of him because (laughs) he would probably kill me you know like oh it was just awesome i i was really surprised with how good he did and and not that he's bad in other stuff because i've actually liked chris pratt too but uh 
but I didn't expect that, you know, from him. So I a bit deeper performance than other movies yes. have required of him. Yes, exactly. Yep. And that Passengers that he's coming out with Jennifer Lawrence um, looks really good too. But uh, but yes, he did. Holy really cow, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence! I am so there. I know. <laughs> I was like, if I was stuck alone on a spaceship with Jennifer Lawrence, I would not be making a movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that type it of movie. It wouldn't be at least. a movie for general audience. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes, it was really good. So. Uh, there's, oh, the, uh, the accountant is coming out in a couple of weeks. I, I mentioned that in the last podcast, but yes, they're starting to have more, more trailers. And I was wrong. It has not been Affleck directing. I thought he was directing it. So there's some other dude directing it. was not. Oh, okay. Is he starring in it then or? He is starring in it. Yeah. Him and oh, Anna okay. Kendrick. And we all love yeah. Anna Kendrick cause she can, she can sing, dance. She can have thoughts. Yep. And and she was in that great movie. Uh, wow. And now I can't even remember. Twilight, the best movie ever made. <laughs> was she Anna Kendrick in Twilight? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She was one of the friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. No, it, was that, it was that awesome one where it was total, like, uh, totally, um, it's not comic where it's like 8 bit. And oh, um, he's like Scott yes, you're versus right. the yes. universe Scott versus the world. Yeah, she Scott Pilgrim versus sister. You're yep. right. I love her yes. in that, and I love that movie. That first movie of all. in general is just awesome. Yes, I wish they had a sequel already, but uh, I actually wonder if they're going to even do one. But um, I don't that, know. That movie was so good. That was so good, except for one part, kind of almost ruined the whole thing for me. And, and this is really minor. Um, but so. He, Scott has a reason to apologize, and he apologizes, but it's basically like, I'm sorry, you forgive me, right? That's not how apologies work. It's like, you, you have to forgive me, and you have to forgive me right now. Come on, people. I've yeah. seen that movie several times. I still don't know what scene you're referencing. Uh, well, you, yeah, we might have to rewatch it, but basically, there there's a scene towards the end where he has to apologize to... On the stairs, right? Uh, I think it was on the stairs to, was it Nails? Knives? Whatever? Knives! Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. For not breaking up with her before beginning his romance yeah. with the Ramona. Yes. I think okay. Knives was just adorable. Why would he even break up with her? Billy Scott I don't know. Pilgrim. Ramona can, uh, can roller skate through dreams. That that seems a little bit That's better true. than... But yeah, yeah, that yeah, that apology just bothered me because no, that's that's not how it works. But other than that, it was a great movie. <laughs> it was a great movie. I loved it. Uh, now we need to watch it again. Thanks, jerks. <laughs> I have it on DVD. I might just watch it after we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. What's I wonder what's going on with that because it did pretty well. Um, I. I don't know. It's not really a mainstream movie. Like my yeah, wife, for it is example, a, uh, she doesn't get it at all. I'm just sitting there, almost rolling on the floor, laughing, and she's like, "I don't understand. What's so funny?" <laughs> and I, I just can't explain it to her. Well, it's like you, it's a, you, you either get it or you don't. Yeah, but the thing I liked about it too is it's a very just. 
uh, it's one of those movies you watch, and it's a very feel-good movie, like, very charming, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's just a good, it's a good movie to watch when you just want to be happy. Well, it is hilarious, and I, I love the, the way they make fun of vegetarians and vegans in it. Chicken isn't vegan? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, no, was it chicken? It was gelato? I think it was gelato. Gelato isn't vegan? It's milk and eggs, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. That's easily my favorite Brendan Routh movie ever. Yeah, Brendan Routh is awesome. (laughs) It means he's better than you in every way. (laughs) (laughs) What TV show has he been in recently? Oh, it looks like it might have lost money. That oh, might really? be why. Um, yeah. according, well, this is Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the budget is listed at eighty-five to ninety million. Box office. Now, granted, box office isn't their entire revenue, but box office is listed at forty-seven point seven million. So basically, box office was half of the budget. When usually movies to consider it successful, they usually have to make what th- two, three times their budget. Yeah, to make up for marketing and stuff, because marketing wow. usually. So if they have their their budget, marketing usually equals what their budget was. So. Well, but even when you factor in marketing, they still want to make two or three times it. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, so they, they yeah, so, so they, they add marketing to that and then want to double it. And so yeah, that's why we haven't heard more about it. Which is sad. I mean, I'll admit, I did not get a chance to go and see it in the theaters. I wanted to, just didn't happen. But I got it on DVD. Yeah. Which probably makes them more money. I would think so. I remember uh, the last Drudge Dread movie with Kurt Kurt Urban. Mm -hmm. Um, Carl Urban? Carl Urban, yep. Carl Urban, yes, thank you. Um, Carl Urban, he... uh, I went and saw that one in the theater because I'm a, a Judge Dredd fan, but I figured it was going to do terrible, and it ended up being like one of the worst performing movies of the year. And then once it hit Netflix, it like exploded because it's actually yep. a pretty good movie. Yeah. So maybe they need to do something like that with Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I don't know. It's like free to play games, dude. You can have a semi successful game go free to play or go free for like the free programs that all the platforms have, mm-hmm. and then get an audience there that you just wouldn't that wouldn't have spent money to try it you know then you boom you have another good audience yeah i didn't know honestly like when it was in theaters i didn't see it either um i didn't know what to expect from it i didn't really i didn't know the comic book nothing i wasn't too sure if it looked like it was something i'd enjoy and then it was on hbo and that's when i watched it and i loved it and then so i got it on dvd it's just another one of those long line of underperforming movies. Diamonds in the Rough, we'll put it that way. Oh. Um, you know, Family Guy comes to mind. How many times did Fox cancel Family Guy? Yeah. And now it's one of the biggest shows ever. Yep. Um, a Judge Dredd I already mentioned. Um, Futurama as well. That was another one that got canceled Revitalized. on network television. Oh. Put it on reruns late at night. Different audience. And it blew up, and then they get you know a couple new seasons on uh, Comedy Central. Gosh, there's there's several more examples. I'm sure I can't think of them off the top of my head, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just goes to show you that 
sometimes the network people really have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the way that they do their ratings is so backwards and so wrong now. They need to figure out a new way to do it because, um, yeah, the way they do it just they miss a lot of the, a lot of what would help them be successful. Yeah, I mean, and the thing too is that they they're so focused on the show almost being an instant success. Yep. You know, if it's not successful right away, then they pull it almost immediately, and. Yep. You know, I'm one of those people where I agree if it's kind of a rocky start, then it's probably not going to get much better. But sometimes I'm wrong. Yeah, but the thing is, is some some of the best TV, you have to build that world. You have to build those characters. And it does take time. Like, that's just part of being a good storyteller, you know? And so uh, TV, sometimes the way that they do it isn't the best, you know, they don't give it a chance. Yeah. Well, and like a lot of the shows that I loved growing up had a terrible first season, like Star Trek: The Next Generation. The first <laughs> yeah, season was, was pretty, bad. pretty rough, and then it got better after that. And they gave it a chance. And I'm not the hugest fan of Seinfeld, but the first season of Seinfeld, it was really spotty, and it got better over time. They gave it a chance, and yep. there are a lot of shows like that where. You go back and watch some of these shows in the first season, you're like, wow, that first, was that really, it really was that bad. And, <laughs> but it got, they, they figured out what they were doing with the show. And because it was successful enough, they got maybe a better budget for it. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, there was impatience back then too, but it seems like it's, you got to be an instant success. Otherwise the X hits you and instant success doesn't guarantee anything because heroes, Mm-hmm. Heroes was the first season was by by most accounts amazing, yeah. and it just went downhill from there. It's like they wrote the first season and then didn't keep writing. <laughs> and I recognize that Arrow's not everybody everybody's cup of tea, but the first season of Arrow, I thought was for the most part the best season, and there have been good moments since then on Arrow. But I thought the first season was the best season. It's kind of declined a little bit since then and so yeah success in the first season i don't know give good shows time and yeah uh obviously advertising pays the bills so i think that's why they they don't want advertisers to start pulling but but yeah you think that uh that because they're in the entertainment industry or yeah i don't know if that's the right word but that the uh creative process and the um that type of integrity would be people would care about it more try to give it a chance instead of just bailing but and there are some shows where it's not even it isn't worth it because it is just that bad <laughs> every reality tv show ever oh and how does <laughs> and how does stuff like that that's what blows me away is how does stuff like that stay on TV and why is it so popular compared to things that um you that know are actually creative that are actually and, good and yeah and well there's there's no budget imagination and that's true yeah it's it's super cheap to produce and there are people who like the human element and there are people that want to see the car accident 
you yeah. know, the, you mm-hmm. know, just like NASCAR, they there are some people who just watch to see the wrecks, and that's what a lot of reality TV is, and a lot of people, a lot of people want that. Yeah. And it's again why it's cheap. I'll never understand. But you're right; that's probably the major factor. Is it's cheap. Well, and not just not just that, but like if you think of a show like Friends, for example, um, as the show got more successful, they had to pay the actors more and more and more. It was like a million dollars an episode per actor. Yeah. Wow. Um, and with a show like Survivor, that's you know just starting up again, they have new people every year. So yep. even yep. though the show is successful, they don't have to pay increasing salaries. It's you know it's it's just a win-win, except for the audience. Yep. <laughs> well, then see, then that goes back to my my previous problems with a lot of things. It's like you know, people obviously dislike stuff, but they wouldn't be on TV or they wouldn't be making something unless it was making money. Right. Nope. It's just not how the world works. So, if you don't like it, then stop complaining about it. Just ignore it, and it'll hopefully go away eventually. And you end up with presidential candidates like Trump. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. We are not a political show, so shut up right now. Shut if, up. If we if we ignore our democracy long enough, we'll just get good people to always run, right? <laughs> Be involved in politics. Do be a good citizen. Be better than any of the politicians that are out there now. It's not hard to be better than them. Just run for office. Be be good people. Be a good citizen. Well, unfortunately, that's that is the problem. That's what makes it hard. Is being a good person isn't enough anymore. You have to have money. Yeah, and it's very sad, and it makes me, you know, makes me cry a little sometimes. It's like, why don't we have good people? that run for office and do this stuff well because they don't have any money that's why well but you could get i mean the the national leaders that we all know the names of they come from local and state politics originally and yeah it helps to have money getting into local and state politics but you could do a lot with social media and other stuff that's relatively inexpensive um but local and state politics isn't glamorous it's not it's not Hollywood, and so we don't. I mean, there's all these people talking about how no much they hate, yeah. how much they hate both Clinton and Trump, but you almost never hear people talk about any of their state elections. And all, I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't just a presidential election. Yeah. Um, and so you know, Clinton, Hillary, her husband was governor originally. She was a state. She was a, she was a a senator. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama was a state senator. Um, originally, and so I mean, local and state politics are a good place to get started, but just it's not glamorous, and so we don't pay attention to it. But that's you know, got to start somewhere. Very true. Very true. Good. Message, and so you, Dave. and so you can all lynch me now for being being too political, and <laughs> I should just shut up because I talk way too much about those things. I don't think that encouraging people to make a difference in their community is a bad thing. So no. we'll let you preach on. Preach <laughs> on, Brother Dave. Zootopia hit Netflix finally last week. I want to watch that. The first really good. one of the Disney movies, as far as I understand it. Uh, have you guys watched it at all? Either of you? I, have I went not and yet. saw it in the theater. Um, 
it's okay. I give it a B. I'm not quite sure who the audience they were trying to target with was. The story is kind of the the plot is too simple, I think, for for adults. But uh-huh. it seems to be a little bit too complicated for children. Oh, so I'm not quite sure where they where they were going with it. But overall, it's an enjoyable show, and my kids liked it. Boom. So, I always yeah. try to catch. I don't necessarily go to the theater for all of Disney's animated show movies, but um, I do try to catch them in some form or another eventually. Like even Frozen, I ended up watching eventually. Frozen is worth. Frozen is probably the best movie they've put out in years, like cartoon wise. Well, there was a lot. I mean, for a while, Disney animation was shut down. I mean, literally. I'm not that's not even exaggeration. Um, around when they were uh, dealing with Pixar, but Pixar was independent, and then they bought mm-hmm. Pixar. Around that time period, um, my understanding was that Disney animation was just literally done. Really. Um, and so, just uh, I, I've I've often joked about Disney being the evil empire, and now they own all the franchises that I love. Um, <laughs> and, and ESPN that sounds kind of like an evil empire to me, actually. But but they're doing well with the product, so it's hard for me to be as critical of them. Yeah. But that's like, the thing I, just, I like about Disney is they do take care of their their product. Now. They really do. Now. Yeah. Yes. Now they do. Back in the nineties. Back in the eighties and nineties, they would they would do one good movie, the first installment of a movie, and they would bank on crappy sequels. A lot and, of uh, straight to DVDs back then. Oh yeah, and that was their like, business yeah. model. And and yeah, that's one of the reasons why I just hated them. But anyway, um, yeah, Disney's been doing a lot better on their their in animated movies that are independent of Pixar. That's which is yes, I suppose yeah. good to see. Yeah, so uh, let's see. What else? Um, we already talked about Magnificent Seven. Doctor Strange we kind of mentioned. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all for me. That's coming up quick. Yep. Yes, it is. It's in November, right? Beginning of November? Um, I think so. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure it was November. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but... I think for me, The Accountant is coming out in October. That's mm -hmm. my next movie. And then it was Doctor Strange after that, if I remember right. And Passengers is in December. Yeah, Doctor Strange is November 4th. I still need to add Passengers to the Agents of Game calendar. But if ever you want to see when the movie or game release schedules or major events are uh, forums.agentsofgame.com slash calendar, we have all your big movie and game releases there. Um, Nice and organized. Uh-huh. Oh, oh! I guess I should say I am really excited. The the third trailer for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them came out. I still need to watch that. That trailer was by far, I think, the best of any of the Harry Potter trailers. Nice. Um, and that's coming out November eighteenth. Looked really good. So excited to get back in that universe. I actually, I'm one of the few people that never read the books, but um. Uh, I didn't read the books either, Dan. I don't think you're missing anything. Yeah, one of my friends, she came <laughs> back with, after a Christmas going home, came back, her parents got her uh, the first Harry Potter movie. So she wanted to, somebody to watch it with her, so I watched it with her. And I loved it. I was like, ah, oh, that's so good. 
And so that's how I fell in love with the universe. So my only contact with the universe is through the movies, and I miss that. Like, I miss the Harry Potter universe, so I'm really excited for... Well, I would recommend... I would recommend um, reading them. If you think you're going to get impatient, um, you could probably... You could theoretically skip the first two books. Um, The first two books are a lot more directed at children and aren't particularly well-written, in my opinion. Um, Um, But by the time you get to the... By the time you get to the third book, the quality of the writing gets significantly better, and it gets more directed at an adolescent audience instead of a ch- an audience of children. Kind of grows um, up with them, and it just gets significant. The books get significantly better. So, I-, I know you enjoy reading. I think you would really like the books if you feel like you're getting impatient. Start with the third book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard that they're fast reads anyway, though. Like, they are a fast read. Um, it's not that they're a lot of people criticize that language is simple and easy. It, it's easy. It's easy to read. It's not a textbook. Um, yeah. But it, it's one of those things where, just like the movie Avatar in theaters, really pulls you in. You could argue that the writing's not fantastic for Avatar. That the story is not great. But the movie yeah. pulls you into that environment. Right. It pulls you into that universe. Um, the, when you read the Harry Potter books, you get pulled into that, and you just get sucked in. And that's where J.K. Rowling shines as an author. I think, um, you know, it's not gonna be the best book you ever read, but it might be some of the most engaging yep. books you've ever read. I could gotcha. say a lot of things, but I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so I guess I'll be quiet. <laughs> Hey, both perspectives are good I to hear. I've had many a uh, conversation on my problems with J.K. Rowling's writing yes. in the Harry Potter universe. Well, but some of the things you're complaining about in the movies weren't in the books or were more properly explained because, you know, there, the translation is bad. I only um, read the first book and I decided that if I had been probably 10, I might have enjoyed it. But I read it when I was... Uh, what a junior in college and uh, I could see Um, you if you judge books like you do TV shows I could definitely see see you exactly I mean I gave it a (laughs) shot I read the first one and I decided it wasn't for me so I watched all of the movies because I've got kids and my wife liked Harry Potter Uh, and yeah the only movie I actually cared for was the fifth one I think the one where they have the big wizard duel at the end of it and Sirius Black dies. That was... Is that the fifth one? That might have been... Yeah, that was the fifth one. Yes, it is. Even though I dislike Harry Potter, I still have a good recollection of where things happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't care for the sixth movie at all. It was a downward step. And then the seventh movie, it was just too confusing for me. So... I still think uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban, is that right? Yes. <laughs> it is my favorite movie. Well, that's that's most people's favorites. Um, I don't know if I'd say I have a favorite. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was that's most people's favorites of them. Yeah. Chamber of Secrets is good. That's been showing up a little bit on TV lately. Um, next week, there will quite possibly not be a podcast um again matt just has his birthday i will be out of town um for about half of the week 
Um, and so we will try to fill in with some other stuff, but the main episode will probably be down. So uh, in two weeks, we'll be back. Woo! With many things to speak about. Yes. But, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in, and thank you, Dan and Matt, for being here. Thanks for having us once again. I just take it for granted that you guys want to hear the things that I have to say, so... And I hope they pass the audition. <laughs> we shall catch you on the flip side. Later. Items and upgrading them. That's this Fantasy War Tactics game that I play. That's the underlying structure of that, too. Mm-hmm. But they do it with, you know... Uh, not necessarily adults, but, you know, it's an adult fantasy situation, whereas Pokemon is supposedly a little kid going around, you know, trapping these helpless animals and forcing them to fight for him. How is that something that we want to encourage? Hey, you know, it worked out well for Michael Vick. Uh Oh. (laughs) Uh, My birthday is next week. Yeah! Happy early birthday. That's right. Well, probably by the time this is posted, it will. It might be around my birthday already, but... <sighs> yep. My advice to all of you younger people out there, don't get old. It sucks. Oh, yeah. and how. Yes. Do anything you can to hold on to your youth. <laughs> Yes, adulthood is not what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> I know I sound like a terrible person. <laughs> Suck the life force from unicorns if you have to. Don't get old. If you find a bicorn, so lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, in the the uh, bare naked ladies song, uh, is one week. This is uh, um oh how does it go? Something like um. Uh, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they had they'd have a sa- oh like Kurosawa. I make mad films. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't make films, but if I did, they have a samurai. Yeah, Kurosawa yes. was was the guy who directed the Seven Samurai. I never understood that reference until now, and that makes the song even more awesome. The more you know, the more awesome bare naked lady songs go. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. I agree with that. <laughs> Oh, that's just evil. What happened? I I see Mikey Newman's posting a YouTube video of delicious pizzas that are covered with delicious things. Mm. And Mm. I am so hungry right now. I love delicious things. I had some not-so-delicious cheese pizzas that were not covered in delicious things. Where from? Frozen pizzas from Red Baron. I like Red Baron. Usually I like Red Baron. No, I mean, they're not bad pizzas. I was telling Dave earlier that um, I would like to buy DiGiorno pizzas, but my son doesn't eat DiGiorno. (laughs) Oh. Dude, I want to try Pizza Hut's new grilled cheese stuffed crust pizza. Ooh. ooh. (laughs) I have not heard of this. Neither have I. Yeah, it's like a grilled cheese sandwich.
built into the stuffed crust, and it looks awesome. I still want to know how they make stuffed crust taste so freaking good. I cannot understand. I mean, yes, it's cheese, but it's like blow your mind, good cheese. Yeah, what do they oh, put seriously. In it? it has to have some kind of additive or something. Lots of love. I know it's not love. I <laughs> work like <laughs> twenty feet down from a pizza hut. <laughs> 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 and it's not love that they've got going on down there.